Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. And I promised you if AP got the job, I would do an episode, Hondo in a hoodie. There you go. All right, Matt Halatic from the Spun.com joins us as he does each week. Matt, I told, I promised the people I would do it. This was a gift to me from a member of the Raiders organization, and uh, he got it. AP got the job. Let's get right into it. By the way, Matt is the editor and publisher of the Spun.com. He covers the NFL. He lives in uh, and works in Gotham in New York City. He covers the NFL in totality. I cover in a macro view. I cover it with a micro view. Looking just at the Raiders, he covers the entire National Football League. It's why we have him in every single week, because I think it's good to get a perspective of the Raiders among 32. I try to give you the perspective of the Raiders as one. So it's great to have you. He earned it. He got it. Your thoughts on Antonio Pierce? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we, when we last we last talked, it seemed to be trending that way, and he did get the job ultimately. And I think the important thing is you said that he earned it with the way that they were able to play for him uh, in the second half of the season in 2023 as the interim. And I think the players spoke up. They wanted the, him to get the job. They believe in him. And now it's time for, you know, the players to deliver, I think. It's, um, you know, they this is what they wanted. They got to continue to go out and play hard for him and continue to go out and, and execute. And I think it's time for AP to deliver. You know, it's a major opportunity for him. Uh, he's doing it in a. He's going to be doing it in a division that I think the the top three head coaches in the division, the three head coaches he'll be going up against, are as good as any three coaches in any div other division in the NFL, if not better. So it's going to be it's going to be a you know, I mean, he obviously has some adjustment already from being the interim guy, but it's going to be tough. But I think he's well-deserved. I think he, he has earned this opportunity. And I'm really excited to see how it plays out for him out there. Matt, you know I have very strong affinity for Raider Nation. They have really won my heart in the five years I've been covering this team. And tremendous people. But <clears throat> what I don't get is I, I have been flooded with comments. <clears throat> oh, great. We got a first-year head coach in a division with Andy Reid. Excuse me, in a division with Sean Payton and in a division with Jim Harbaugh. And I tell people, he beat two of those guys this year without OTAs, without mini camps, without training camp, without his own staff. And oh, by the way, a first year quarterback with all those things against him, he beat two of the three. Come on now. Come on now. You're sometimes Raider fans act like. All right, I'm going to say this, and everybody knows I'm fat, 256 pounds. I am not a skinny man. Would you agree with that, Matt, as one of my I would best agree friends? Yeah, I would agree with that. So I'm allowed, I'm allowed to make fat comments because I'm fat, all right? Everybody knows that one person who's always the bridesmaid, who's never the bride. You just know, okay? Sometimes Raider fans, now I realize it's because it's been 40 years of futility. I mean, that that's on the Davis family. 
40 years of futility. But there are times I want to grab Raider fans by the shoulder or by the buddy <laughs> and say, you're the freaking Raiders. You are one of the most iconic. If there was a Mount Rushmore of NFL teams, you're on it. Okay, it's been a rough 40 years. I'm not arguing that. But you're the Raiders. Yeah, we're going to struggle because we're in a division with Andy Reid and Jim Hawkins. Sean Payton, you're the Raiders. And your coach just beat two of them with both arms and a leg tied behind his back. And he kicked him in the butt kicking contest. I mean, come on now. Man, help me here. I'm trying to be, I am trying to be mental Viagra for the spirit of Raider Nation to stand up and get, you're the Raiders. And now you got a coach who's going to walk in the room. Let's get it on. <laughs> I mean, Help me, Matt. Help me. I'm like the Beach Boys. Help me, Rhonda. You know, I understand where they're coming from because you feel, well, these other moves haven't worked out, so why would this one work out? Or, and I, I think in general, um, especially with social media, which is where I'm assuming a lot of these comments are coming from, even though some are probably email as well or, 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 or whatnot, I think there's a, in general, there's a focus on the negative from fans. And I think that's true for almost every fan base, no matter how successful the team is, mm -hmm. what sport, um, pro, college, whatever. However, I do think that, you know, you have to have some type of resolve or faith that maybe this time, you know, it is going to work out. And you have to think that uh, on the positive side there, like you said, Antonio Pierce did show pretty had a great showing overall in his nine games as head coach. He did beat the Broncos. He did beat the the Chiefs. So he beat Sean Payton and Reed. Beat the Chargers, too. Obviously, they were a team left for dead at that point. But still, you know, he, he beat Oh, not beat at the that Sp point. No, they were not at that point. They were left to dead afterwards. But going into that game, they weren't left to dead. And I, and I want to I wanna take umbrage with one other thing real quick. So I'm going to go back to the, the girl who's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Raiders have the best stadium in the NFL, and Matt, it isn't close. And I'm not just saying as a guy that covers it. I've had people cruise from all the national TVs and all of that who come in. I've had players tell me that. The best training facility and headquarter in the NFL, it's not even close. This is the hot girl. Now, there's that old country song, She Don't Know She's Beautiful. I love that song. Anybody has never heard that song, go go Googles it and just say, hey, play me. She don't know she's beautiful. After 40 years of futility, I, I feel bad because I don't think, I think there's a whole generation of Raider Nation that has no idea. You're not the ugly chick that's always a bridesmaid. You're the hottie who should be getting married. You're the one that everybody looks up to. You're the one that you walk in a room and, my wife is stunningly beautiful. I met her on September 9th in 1981. It was a Wednesday. I was 10. She was 8. And ever since then, I've always thought just she walks in a room and she's gorgeous. Now, what makes Shannon so beautiful is she, she, doesn't, she doesn't have an air of arrogance. She doesn't believe it. When people tell her she's beautiful, she's like, what? Okay, Raider Nation, I don't believe anymore. And maybe I need to bring on some greats and we need to do a – 
uh, a couple of podcasts reminding this generation who you are. You are the bell of the ball. You are the one. And here's the other one. You're not bringing in a first-year coach who's never beat Andy Reid, who's never beat Sean Payton. He's done done it. Help me, Matt. Help me. I'm frustrated. No, I get where you're coming from. And I, I understand, you know, um, I, I think it's just – I think it's tough. The fans need to see need to see it happen over the course of a season, I think, to fully believe. But they're in the small sample size, uh, obviously Antonio Pierce has given you a lot of reasons for hope and a lot of tangible reasons to think that he could be successful out there. I think it's going to be fascinating. I, I think he – like I said, I think he earned the job. Um, I expect the guy, the players to continue to play hard for him and continue to to be in every game for him. He's going to represent the, the franchise well. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think that this also gives – not guaranteeing it'll be successful, but I think this gives the Raiders the best chance they've had in a while to potentially have some type of long-term stability because you're not just reaching for the next shiny toy – uh, to lead your organization, um, and you may find somebody who is going to be there for the long haul. Because if he's if he continue if he wins there, you know he's not going to be looking for right. another job. It's one of those organizations where, excuse me, if you have success, you're going. They're, they're going to keep you around. They're going to make sure you feel and know uh, you how appreciated you are. So, you you know. As a guy that covers this team, and I care about the team, but I'm not a fan. My wife and kids are, but I'm not. I get – I. <clears throat> all right, I've got to dichotomize my argument. I get the 40 years of futility. Right. I totally get that. It's germane. It makes sense to me. But just because it's been 40 years of being futile doesn't mean you give up who you are. I mean, I, I wish some of these younger Raider fan would look at some of these OGs. And by the way, I learned that means original gangster, meaning the old, the old guard. They would look at some of these OGs that they would go to the to the tailgates and find some of these guys who are older than 50, then older than 40, and say, remind me of who we are. It's it's almost like Lion King when Simba mm -hmm. looks into the water and his dad's been killed and his dad reflection says to him, remember who you are. Raider Nation to remember who you are. You're the freaking Raiders. Three Super Bowl trophies. Your franchise changed professional sports at any level. You got a coach now who knows who you are. I mean, listen, Andy Reid's the best coach in the NFL. He's the best. And your first-year coach, no OTAs, no training camp, no mini camp, no trade deadline, walked in there on Christmas Day with all the cameras and Nickelodeon sliming the crowd, and everyone thought the Raiders were going to be the Raiders for the last 40 years and just lay down, and they punched him in the face, would make Taylor Swift watch it, and then pounded them. Now, I'm not a fan. I love football, but man, get rid of your inferiority complex. Know who you are. Matt, am I wrong? 
No, I understand it. I, I totally agree with you. I think it's 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 fascinating to see because, again, I, I I'll say from my experience as, um, you know, I'll I'll be thirty seven in September. So uh, as a Giants fan, I've seen two two sort of really seen absorbed two win alive for three. I was born right after the first Super Bowl in eighty seven. Um, so I've seen a good amount of success, but I, a bad decade, and and you you see a lot of younger Giants fans start to act like that, where you're like, hey, you know, this is a, a franchise that beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl twice. This is a franchise that has won four Super Bowls in the last 36, 38 years, 37 years. You know, and I think it's the same thing with the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders, the, the drought, the heavy drought goes for 20 years, um, the championship drought is 40. But, you know, this is a team that ha still has that tradition, still has that reputation, still has that fan base, that loyalty. And I think there are some building blocks for success here. So I do think it's something that, yeah, you know, you got to respect your opponents. Everybody knows how good Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes are. Um, everybody understands that Sean Payton's been coaching for a long time, won a Super Bowl. Everybody understands that, you know, the Chargers have always had talent recently. It's been a matter of injuries and kind of cursed, or almost a cursed franchise. Plus, I don't think Brandon Staley was very good. Now you have a guy who is a good coach. So you got to respect mm -hmm. your opponents. But I think you yeah. also have to say that, listen, we can do this. You know, this is a team that they swept the Broncos this year with two different head coaches. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. They almost swept L.A. So this is a team that if won. If they would have had, if they would have had AP, they would have swept LA. They this is a team that won four out of six divisional games, and the two they lost, they were you know right in it. So you know you have to feel pretty good. Are there things you got to build up? Obviously, yeah, you got to build up. You know your roster. You have to make a determination, and I don't know if you need to make it just yet. But after next year, you have to know: is Aiden O'Connell going to be our starter, or is he going to be you know a backup? behind somebody else. So, yeah, there's stuff you got to work on, stuff you got to figure out. But I do think there's a lot of reasons for optimism uh, with the Raider fan base, Raider Nation. I got to tell you, Matt, um, by the way, I think fans are going to want me to do more in a hoodie if I'm going to get passionate like that. Yeah, by the way, for preaching, everyone just checking in. What would you say? I said you're preaching today. Well, you know, I'm just going to tell you why. So I get on the plane – the other day, and I mean, just listening to fans and reading my emails, you know I'm a history buff. I love history, and I love to watch the History Channel. I love to learn history, and, and sometimes I think part of that is being raised by a dad who wanted me to know history, who, you know, used to say, if you don't know your history, you repeat history, and all that kind of stuff. So, for me, I wanted AP to get it because he's a great man. I respect him and I honor him. Um, he's a good person. I want to see good people succeed. So to me, when I was hearing, oh, does it matter? We're going to lose anyways. And I'm thinking, really? I, I just, I couldn't fathom that. I couldn't grasp that to me. And I thought, you know what? 
somebody needs to say it and not and with me not being a fan it's probably better it comes from me all right i want to uh show you something i got some I'm trying to text here get um, get somebody a message because i want to show you something that uh, i think you're going to like so i'm texting shannon and uh she's in the other room i'm trying to i want to show you something but while i'm waiting for shannon i want to ask you this let's look at this weekend's games let's start Detroit 49ers. To me, if Detroit is within seven points in the fourth quarter, they can win this game. I, I predict San Francisco, but I'm going to give Detroit. If they're within seven going into the fourth quarter, I think they can win it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just got to say, you know even better than I do from being from Michigan how awesome it is to see Detroit in an NFC title game to see, you know, the way they've kind of galvanized that entire state and that fan base. Now, that is a fan base that was starved, that had no tradition, nothing to, to fall back on. Uh, and he's given them hope and given them tangible results. Um, they can win that game out there on, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, I'm taking San Francisco because I think that they've been the best team in the NFC for pretty much the whole season. I think they proved it when they smoked Dallas and when they smoked Philly in the regular season um, and they came out of that little mini slump they had and they just rolled teams. I also think that they got some of the cobwebs uh, shaken off last week because of the fact that they probably should have lost that game to Green Bay the way that they played. Um, I think that there were opportunities there for them to to win that game before they did. They, you know, they, they kind of blew those chances, but – because of how not sharp they were, they they easily could have lost that game. Um, so I think they kind of shook that off. I expect them to win, but I do think that Detroit will, will be in it. Uh, it's going to be a you know a tough physical battle, and I think if you're a Lions fan, you got to feel amazing about everything that's transpired so far, and you're excited for Sunday. And I think you got to be excited for the future with Dan Campbell there. I got to tell you, I am. Uh, this is no exaggeration. I've probably had close to 200 people that I personally know tell me they got tickets. They're going to the game. Um, I was talking to a, a ticket broker yesterday who told me that this may be the uh, – it's still going to be a huge Niner advantage in attendance. But he said this may be the most opposing team fans in that stadium – all year. Lion fans will show up, man. They will spend the money and they're going to be out there, you know, tailgating. And it's, you're going to know the difference between the San Francisco 49er tailgate and the Lions and, and the beer and brats. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Baltimore Chiefs. I predicted the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. They're not the Chiefs team that we thought they would be. Um, Lamar is everything we thought he would be. I think they're peaking. Even though I predicted Kansas City to win it at the very beginning, I'm going Baltimore on this one. I, I'm taking Baltimore for the win, but Patriots to keep. I mean, paid, but Chiefs to keep it within the four points and cover the margin. I had the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again in the preseason as well. Um, I think the interesting thing that you have to find out in this game is. Did the Chiefs figure something out offensively last week? Or is it just a matter of they own Buffalo in the playoffs? Because if you look at the way their offense played last week for a lot of the game, they had 
explosive plays the way we're used to seeing. You know, they 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 can Mahomes was able to connect downfield. Travis Kelsey looked like himself. They ran the ball extremely well. That looked like the Chiefs offense that we saw in the Super Bowl in February 2023 when they beat the Eagles and that we're used to seeing. So is that going to be able to carry over against an elite defense in Baltimore, or was it just a matter of they really just own the Bills? Um, I think they'll, I, I expect the Chiefs to play well, but I do think Baltimore wins this game. I think Baltimore has been the best team in the AFC, and I think there are some years where it just kind of sets up that the two best teams are going to play each other. Uh, now that happened last year too with the Eagles and the Chiefs. I, I think it's set up again this way. I mean, you look at Baltimore. It, this is an amazing stat that I, that I found. I think it speaks to couple of things this is the first AFC title game that the Ravens have ever hosted and when you think about the last 25 years how many good teams they've had they've won two Super Bowls um, they've been to a couple other AFC title games on the road I think it shows you now a few years ago they were the one seed they got upset in the divisional round by uh, the Titans but I think it speaks to how dominant the Patriots were for so long that the Ravens never even really had the opportunity to host an AFC title game until now. And again, how dominant the Chiefs have been since the Patriots dynasty ended. Um, but I think this is a moment that Baltimore, I think, has been ready for the organization, the city. So I think they win that game. And I think it sets up an unbelievable Super Bowl matchup in a couple of weeks between San Francisco uh, and Baltimore. We're going to get to some more Raider talk in a minute. We're going to talk about the offensive coordinator and but and and the general manager. But I want to just quickly stay on this thing. Every NFL team could have went and got Lamar Jackson this year. The Baltimore Ravens said, "Great, go negotiate." How many teams now regret? What a dumb move! I said in the offseason, people said, "Oh, Hondo, you don't know what you're talking about." He can't throw the ball. And I said, he hasn't had receivers. Hasn't had any receivers. Is he? Now, I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't think it's close. But now that he has some receivers, are we going to see Lamar begin encroaching on Patrick being the best? Or is he going to be up at least in that discussion as the best two or three? I just it's hard for me, as good as some of these other guys are, it's hard for me to say anybody is as good as Mahomes because Mahomes, I think, is just I agree. Un unbelievable. I, there's a possibility, he's exponentially better. Yeah. There's a possibility when all is said and done, I don't think he'll match Tom Brady's Super Bowl wins because seven Super Bowl wins is insane. Um, but there's a possibility when all is said and done, a lot of people, the consensus is this might be the best quarterback that we've seen in terms of just everything um with that being said i feel like the last couple of years when people say all right mahomes is one who's next a lot of the first two names you heard mentioned were joe burrow and josh allen who i think are two of the top four quarterbacks lamar kind of got pushed down a little bit or people didn't you know, they said, yeah, you know, he's been an MVP, but, you know, he can't throw like these guys or he can't do this or he can't do that or he can't win in the playoffs. Well, now he's showing he can do all those things and he's reminding everybody how good he really is. Yeah, I think 
I think you could make a case, honestly, that the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, if C.J. Stroud is for real, if C.J. Stroud that we saw this year carries over the next year, you can make a case, I think, that the top six or seven quarterbacks are all in the AFC, which is insane, but it's possible. And I think if Patrick Mahomes, to me, is clear-cut one, but Lamar, I think, is saying, hey, you know, don't forget about me when you're talking about who's number two, number three behind him. And I think he has a massive opportunity on Sunday uh, ahead of him. And, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, you know, you and I talked about this um, off but when it happened. How stupid do the Browns look for that dumb deal? I mean, they go and pay Deshaun Watson stupid money. People in the NFL were livid because it just made no sense. It's why the Browns are the Browns. I've got a bunch of friends that are Browns fans. You know, this is this is our life. How stupid do they look for what they spent on Deshaun Watson? The funny thing about it is the deal has been a disaster on and off the field. And then you look at the season the Browns had, they went 11 and 6. Now, I know they lost in the playoffs, but they had a good year. They got a good defense. They have talent on their roster. And they have to be kicking themselves saying, we're spending all this guaranteed money on a guy who has these off field issues, can't stay on the field. And when he is on the field, he doesn't look like the player that he was four or five years ago, um, which is what they're paying him to be. And we've made the playoffs with. Four different quarterbacks playing, including Joe Flacco coming off his couch at 38 years old. So you're saying at one at one point you're saying, well, you know, our roster's pretty good. You know, I think Kevin Stefanski's a good head coach. Maybe the things the future's a little bit bright in Cleveland. But on the other hand, you're saying, why do we pay this dude all this money? It's not even worth it. And we won without him. So yeah, I, I think it is something the Browns fans have to be kicking themselves over. And also, I think it was a little bit more, just one last bit of insult to injury. They couldn't, and I'm not saying, I don't think Baker Mayfield's a great NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he had a very good season, bounce back season. I was happy to see it. Um, but they they were like, we got to get rid of Baker. Deshaun Watson, we're paying all his money. This is an upgrade. This is, you know, this is the move we got to make. And Baker Mayfield outplayed him this year and won a playoff game. And I think it's just one of those things where you're like, if you're a Browns fan, even if even though you had a really good year overall, you're like, oh, come on. I agree. All right, Matt, I want to switch directions. I texted Shannon. She's not checking her text, so I apologize. I had a surprise for you. Um, Let's go in a different direction. Let's talk about offensive coordinator for the for the Raiders. Um, as a matter of fact, let's put to, put that to a side for a minute. I'll talk about that last. Let's talk about general manager Telesco. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Saturday. I was told by someone in the building, "Yep, Champ's getting it." There was a shift. There was a division on on Mark Davis's advisory committee. The athletic to Sean Reed of the Athletic reported about it in detail. Um, and they end up hiring Tom Telesco. Now, I was not impressed with the hire of Telesco. They're $40 million over the cap. He hired the worst coach in the NFL in, in Staley. All of that. Um, 
But after his press conference, I came away very impressed. Now, he and I share many, many mutual friends. And every one of them told me, hey, this is a guy of high integrity. Remember, he worked for the Spanoses. There were some things he couldn't do. We know he can draft in the upper parts of the draft. Right. We know yep. he's a little weak. He's a little weak in the lower parts of the draft. And we know that the Chargers perennially underachieve. But a lot of that has to do with where he was at as well. But walking away when he talked about this is AP's team, I'm going to get players that fit AP, I was impressed. And, um, again, I still think Champ was the better choice, but I don't think he was a bad choice. I'm certainly not against him. It's not his fault he got hired. I would have taken the job if it was you and I competing for a oh. job. And, and you're one of my best friends. Um I'm in, I'm encouraged by by him. What are your thoughts? It, it's I'll tell you what it surprised me from the outside perspective because I, I did think you know everything I've read and everything I talked about with you and everything it seemed like AP and Champ Kelly were the package deal. They worked together during the He's season. In interviews. Yes, I mean yes, exactly. So it was a change. And I know anytime there's kind of a last minute change, I understand people are skeptical and, you know, and I, I do think you touched on it. Tom Telesco's resume with the Chargers is. Spotty seems a little harsh. Checker. I don't know. It, it's it's hit and miss. There, there's good points and bad. It's got some holes. Yes. I But I think if I'm. Hey, is that the surprise? Yeah. Say hi to Uncle Matt. Say hi. Hey, buddy. Say hi to Uncle Matt. Say hi to Uncle Matt. Dex, you're wanting to say hi to Uncle Matt. Hey, Dex. Nice meeting you, buddy. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, you hear me it? getting spirited, so he's banging up my office. Yeah, that's awesome. He's he's fired up by the Raiders already. So, um, But we're talking about his past, I don't think checkered is fair. Yeah. I certainly think there are some holes that deserve to yeah. be questioned and discussed. Yeah. But again, I trust certain people. How many times have I called you on people that I don't know that you do and said, Matt, give me the lowdown on this guy mm -hmm. or this gal. And you've told me, man, good friend, Hondo. I trust them. They're honorable. Okay. I, I have learned to keep a small circle. Mm -hmm. And in that small circle, they have all the people that they have influence over. And I trust that circle with what they tell me. And man, I had I had people texting me um, saying, man, I know this doesn't look like a good hire, but let me tell you why it is, brother. And telling me, I'm going to listen to those people. I'm going to trust those people. And um, and again, after his press conference, he was different. He was. Um, I thought he was very surreal, almost to the point of ethereal. Um, I, I, I asked him point blank. Most general managers inherit a team in shambles. AP took this team, set it up on the rails, and it's his team. This is not Tom Telesco's team. <laughs> it's AP's team. And I said, is it a blessing you're not having to go look for a coach and hoping he can win the locker room. You got the coach who has the locker room. And I thought his answer was brilliant. 
Um, I thought when he talked about I have to meet with the staff to learn my roster was brilliant. Again, just a lot of things about him I thought uh, were interesting. I think there's legitimate questions, but uh, I walked away. Did you see the press conference? I saw some clips on Twitter. Um, I think, to me, I think the, the two questions that I would want to know if I were interviewing him or, or talking to him as, um, as you know, Mark Davis, somebody, a decision maker with the Raiders is, what did, what did you learn from your 10 years with the Chargers? You know, your your hits, your misses. What do you, you know, feel passionate about that you did well and will continue to do well? Where do you think you might have needed to improve or will improve? Or, or, or what did you pick up institutionally about the GM job along the way? Because a decade as a GM in the NFL is a long time. The second thing I would want to know is, I know he, you just said he said, I need to get my staff, learn my roster more. I would want to know what his perception was being in the division of the Raiders roster and the Raiders organization. Because I think getting that outside perspective from somebody who knows it better than, you know, someone who's in the GM in the NFC North or, or a, a completely opposite division or something like that uh, could be interesting because he has some insight potentially into what his coaches and players and executives in L.A. thought of the Raiders roster, thought of the Raiders organization, um, thought thought of everything there. So I think th that could be helpful. All right. Let's go to offensive coordinator. Uh, Zach Robinson, the passing game coordinator for the Rams, is in it. Um, Luke Getze from the, the Bears is in it. Cliff Kingsbury is in it. Um, there's others. They're they're casting a wide net. Excuse me. They're casting a wide net. And I love something that AP said. He was asked, what are you looking for in an offensive coordinator? He said 24 points. And he talked about, we're the Raiders. We want to take deep shots. We want chunk plays. Um, I like the fact that AP is not going into this search zeroed in on one guy. He's going to interview a bunch of people. And basically, you sell me on why you want this job. I really think the way AP is doing this is the right way. He's not married to any – I mean, he's married to winning. He's married to chunk plays and deep balls, but there's lots of ways to get there. I just really am impressed with how he's doing this. I'd like your thoughts on that. I think whenever you have a first-time, full-time head coach, you're interested in, in their hiring process and who do they target. Everybody has connections in the league. They have their circle. Um, I think it's a, a when you see somebody willing to kind of go outside of that comfort zone – uh, with who they talk to and who they hire, I think it's usually more often than not a good sign. The fact that he's trying to get as many different, um, you know, opinions as possible and speak to as many different guys as possible, I think is is a good thing because it shows that he's not afraid to expand his horizons and, and look into you know things that he might not be familiar with. I think the philosophy of twenty four points right there is a good benchmark because in the NFL. Um, it's an offensive league, um, but if you're scoring 24 points on average, that puts you in position to win a lot of games, especially if you have a pretty good defense. You know, you're not going to go 17 and 0. No one does really, but you're not. You're going to be in position to win a good amount of games if you could score upwards of 24. You're going to win. You're going to win 12 or 13 games if you can. Right. Get to you're going to. You should be in double digit victories if you can get 
you know, that we're there offensively. Yeah. So. All right. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Matt, listen, I appreciate you. Uh, it's going to be a, a great weekend to watch football. You and I love to watch football. And I appreciate all that you do and all that you've done. And thank you for joining us. Again, this is Matt Holadic, the editor and publisher of thespun.com. He is a terrific journalist. You should check that page. That page is actually in my favorites. I read it every morning. It's a different approach to sports. I think you'd really like it. And he does a good job joining us. And I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Remember, you can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Hondo Carpenter, and on IG at Hondo SR. We'll see you all later. It's going to be a great week, Matt. See you again next week. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.